It's as official as it can be right now. Irv Smith is back. We will also talk Jalen Ragor expectations and all sorts of other things because it's Twitter Tuesday here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match with up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Today is Twitter Tuesday. We got a little bit of news to go over, and then we will get into your questions that you sent to me. You can always send me questions at Luke Brown NFL or at Lockdown Vikings on Twitter. Um, you can send emails to Lockdown Vikings Podcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, fill out the Google form in the show notes if you prefer better for like long form stuff. But first, let's get into the news. Um, Irv Smith is ready to play. This is not that newsy. Um, we knew this already, that he was like on track, but it's nice to get an update that he still is. Nothing weird has happened and everything is still on the timeline that they put forward and that timeline has him playing week one. Um, he's been catching. He's been going full speed. He's been running for like a while now. So it was never really in that much. Like I, it, it seemed to me after, like when he first got injured, I was like, oh, that's a tight timeline. But I, in the last like couple weeks, it's been made pretty clear that the Vikings aren't that worried about it. Um, and he's been, he was full go in practice on Monday, or at least the portion of the media could see. Um, and he's like ready. So we'll have Irv Smith and that'll be very fun. We have not gotten to see very much from Irv Smith this camp really since he tore his meniscus in the preseason last year. So it'll be fun to see what he's got after all that time away. Also, uh, Jonathan Bullard, is the only currently not practicing uh, Viking. And also Jalen Naylor is there wearing a red jersey. That is, I believe, a concussion protocol thing. He's been in the concussion protocol. There's actually a question about it uh, coming up. Uh, but that means he's in a no-contact practice. But he'll that, that's a step toward coming back from concussion protocol. So let's dive into these questions. Um, again, ask me questions anytime at the places that I said. First one comes from Connor M, who says, do you think that Ragor can have a turnaround as wide receiver three or four on the Vikings since he has J.J. and Thielen taking the majority of the attention from defenses and has lower expectation compared to when he was on the Eagles? So this is like the expectations question, right? And I do think that like if he is a wide receiver three, the Vikings made a good trade. So I don't even know if I would call that a turnaround because he was a first round pick. That's supposed to be your guy. That's supposed to be like your main target, your guy on your team. If you get Jalen Ragor in the first round, um, so that's not really a turnaround. But if he, he might already be a wide receiver for, um, he might also be unrosterable. It sounds like in Philly he like wasn't going to make the team. That's a concern. So I don't know what a turnaround like turnaround to what right. Um, but the idea of like better receivers taking attention away, well, better receivers also take targets and volume away. So it depends on how you're judging Jalen Ragor. Will J Jalen Ragor eat a bunch, see a bunch of double teams? No, 
but you kind of have to earn double teams. I don't know if he was ever seeing double teams. So we'll see about that, but I don't think other receivers leapfrogging him will be good for his perception because at, at best they're taking opportunities away from him by being the guy like you'd rather target Thielen. And so we're not going to really notice Ray Gore. Um, Anti-Gravity asks any chance that uh, the ISM Naylor decision hinged on Naylor's concussion, technically an injury. Not sure if he'd have to be waived injuries or what the semantics are there. Um, so without looking at like how concussion protocol has to work, um, with releases and stuff. No, because even if like, let's say it wasn't a concussion, let's say it was like a genuine injury that you would have to put him on, uh, the, on IR for, but you wanted him back later in the season. So you had to keep him on the 53 for a day and then you could like IR him. Um, if you wanted to do that, you would probably cut some like Vidarian low or somebody else, um, that maybe you're a little bit less worried about like getting poached or something like that. Um, I, and that also like as Naylor comes back from concussion protocol, what you would see is if he's out of concussion protocol, then they'd cut him, right? Amir Smith-Barset was the player they chose to get rid of and he's gone. So I don't think that the concussion is an excuse. Um, I think that's just a decision and they got to live or die by it. Joshua Brook asks, Anthony Harris has just had his practice squad contract with the Eagles terminated to explore other teams. Would you take him back for a vet minimum? Another vet mentor for Bynum and scene. Um, totes. I like Anthony Harris a lot. Uh, I, I've, I'm just always going to be enamored with that 2019 year that he had. It was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. He was making plays, um, that he had no business making. And that was really cool. Especially when you understand like the coverages and what his job was. Um, some, t- some of those interceptions required him to do some really incredible things. That rocked, um, and then things kind of fell off, and that's okay. But would I take him back on a vet min? I wouldn't, wouldn't die for it, uh, but yeah, sure. You know, why not? A fifth safety, especially if they want, um, you know, somebody to be a little bit of extra secondary depth. They're a little bit thin at corner, so um, especially in, on the inside with, like, bodies, so another safety, if they're going to do that whole, you know, if the safety's going to be the backup nickel, then extra safety depth can kind of help bolster that. Um, so sure. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, observed idiocy asks, are players who would be categorized as three tech DTs in a four, three categorized as DEs in a three, four? Yes. Generally, that's kind of what we call them. Uh, if so, does it make any sense to compare stats among DEs in four, three, a player like Hunter is a DE, but in a three, four Tomlinson is a DE. So wouldn't comparisons of DEs across the NFL be apples and oranges? Okay. Yes, absolutely. There's a very good point and it makes the pro bowl very stupid because the pro bowl is not good at this. Um, but most of the stat, like PFF differentiates it the way you think they should. I think sports info solutions does. So a lot of stats websites will do that. Whether they'll call somebody like Dalvin Tomlinson, a tackle, I I'll call him a tackle to you. I'll never call Tomlinson an end to me. He is a ta- He's a defensive tackle. So I, I say that there's a nose tackle. There are two defensive tackles and there are two edge rushers. That's the nomenclature that I think I'm going to be using here. Uh, Mirgondo asks who will have the better season, Harrison Phillips or Dalvin Tomlinson? Excellent question. Depends on what you're going for here. I, Dalvin Tomlinson might outproduce Harrison Phillips just because Harrison Phillips is playing a nose tackle a lot, and that means he's going to soak up a lot more double teams, but that's what you want. So is it double teams in, uh, drawn? Is it tackles or sacks or run stops or whatever? Kind of depends. I would guess that Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be set up with more one-on-ones and therefore be more productive, but I would also guess that Harrison Phillips will... I don't know. Harrison Phillips looks like the better player right now 
from what we've seen. Um, but I would guess that a lot of that's going to be dirty work and not particularly glorious. Got a lot more questions here on uh, the Lockdown Vikings podcast Twitter Tuesday. But first, let me talk to you about Daily Fantasy, which sucks. I hate Daily Fantasy. And that's why Prize Picks is cool because the thing about Daily Fantasy is you have to, like, if I have like one or two takes that I'm, hmm, I really like this matchup and I really want to invest, like, I want to get into it, I'd have to, like, build out a whole other team. And then those random decisions are going to, like, it's then it's all or nothing. I don't want that. I want to be able to live and die by like the one predictions I actually pick. That is what prize picks does. You pick two to five players and then it's just more or less than whatever their prize picks projection is. It's, you know, Kirk cousins more or less than 285 yards, that kind of thing. And they've got all sorts of other sports, not just NFL, but basketball, baseball, tennis, golf, all of that stuff. And they're operational in over 30 States and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks. That's what that means. You deposit 50, PrizePix gives you 50. That's how it works. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. And make sure you check out the History Doc. I have been working tirelessly at this thing. It is dominating my life right now as I'm in crunch time trying to get the last episode done in time for the weekend. So please, I would love it if you checked it out. It's at my Patreon, patreon.com slash LukeBraunNFL. Uh, you don't need an account or anything. Join if you want, but it's all free to watch. Episodes one through six are up. That's all of Vikings history all the way up to 2010. And the last part that does the final decade goes out this weekend. Again, that is patreon.com slash LukeBraunNFL. Moving on with this Twitter Tuesday mailbag, the next one comes from Pelly Vike, who says, I guess we aren't getting a division crossover episode before the season starts. Au contraire, Pelly Vike. Uh, I think I need the divisional lockdown host to be brutally honest about their rivals. Uninhibited cutthroat. Okay, yes. So the ultimate football preview, pro football preview is going out right now. It's on a separate podcast feed. So Pelly Vike, look up ultimate pro football preview. Um, we actually just recorded ours Monday morning. NFC North. So it's coming out, but I think we're one of the last divisions to go. Um, and we were pretty honest. I think we all, it's like an easy division to project. Like it's the Packers division till it's not. That's just the cold truth of it. Um, the Vikings are like medium. If you want to have a hot take, you would say the Lions like overtake the Vikings and both of them get seven wins and it's tiebreakers. Uh, and the Bears, like the way I see it, the, right now the, the Lions are a rebuilding team that you don't have to take seriously, but they have some kind of vision for their future. And the Bears are a rebuilding team you don't have to take seriously, and they don't. That's the way I see this right now. The, Ryan Poles is stockpiling assets, but declining opportunities to make the team the way he wants to. Like, you can still be using stuff and getting players right now this offseason. And I think he's just building something that's going to... He's tearing down to a foundation, but not even a foundation. And building that up from the ground up is going to take a lot more time than I think Bears fans realize. I'm very worried about the Bears. Which is good, because I'm a Vikings fan, and I wish ill upon them. Uh, Daniel Hagen asks, how would you rank Thielen, Lazard, Moody, and St. Brown for this year? This is kind of interesting. Um, okay, so I think situation also matters here, too, because it's not like just as players, right? Um, so I'll say, like, ranking them fantasy-wise. I think that's a good proxy for, like, how, what kind of year are they going to have? Who's going to be the best fantasy receiver? Um Thielen would be a really easy first if it weren't for health. And he's had some health issues the last couple of years, but I'm not as worried about that as everybody else. Cause I do think like sometimes you just get unlucky. Um, so I'll put Thielen first. 
I call me a homer. It's the Locked On Vikings podcast. What did you think you were getting? <laughs> then I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go hot take and go St. Brown and then Lazard and then Mooney. But I do think it's all very close um, with Thielen possibly regressing thanks to age and also health. I think that makes Thielen close. But when healthy and if there isn't an age regression, things that need to be factored in. But if those things turn out well, Thielen's far and away the best. Um, and then the other three, I think, are really close to each other. And they're all like solid players. Um, but I don't think they're like superstar wide receiver one types. Trill Swaggets asks, in the 4-3, I loved watching the twisting, crashing down on the edge and tackle gamesmanship, especially in later downs, because the edges are off the line of scrimmage and have some coverage responsibilities. Is there less of this and more just straightforward blitzes? Okay, um, kind of. So the deception is a little different. In a base package, which is, you know, five up, where you do have both of the tackles on, like that rotational package I talked about, that'll be, you know, Ross Blacklock or whoever, kind of. You have five people up, and if four people are rushing, that's not a blitz, but there is sort of a simulated pressure there in a way where you don't know which of the five are coming. Um, but the Vikings have also run a lot of games and stuff. Now, Zimmers were awesome. Zimmers were very, very, very fun. And I'm sorry, Donatel is not going to be as fun as Zimmers were. That's something you lose when you fire one of the greatest blitz designers of all time. Um, but you're still going to have games and stunts. They've already run some in the preseason. Really, really simple ones. But of course, you're not going to show that card. Um, so there will still be some of this. But also a lot of the deception will be from who is or isn't coming in simulated pressure, which is like part of a blitz design is trying to bait the offense into calling the protection you want them to call so that you can attack the gap you plan to, to attack. Uh, Goggles asks, aside from winning on Sunday, what are some things to look for to help measure growth compared to last year's team? That's a great question. Um, I think that's a longer term question. I don't know if there's anything in the one week that you're going to get, but this is something you're looking for. Here's what I want to see. Um, I want to see the defense bounce back. You know, that this is something that the Vikings have sort of when they're bad. This is something that always has plagued the Vikings doing the history series, especially the last like 20 years worth of it has been uh, like they, they spiral, you know, um, the Mike Tice Vikings spiraled, you know, one bad thing would turn into a bunch of bad things would kind of turn into and then suddenly you've dropped like five of six and you're out of the playoffs. Um, and I think that happened too in 2011 to 2013, the Frazier era. And then I kind of happened the last couple of years too. Like that's, I, I don't want to see that have something bad happen to you, right? It's going to have, you're going to miss a field goal and lose a game. You're going to have a last minute touchdown. They're going to go for two, you know, they, they touch down to tie it and then they go for two to win and they beat you on that. And it's going to hurt. And I want to see these young guys bounce back and be resilient and have a great game next week. Um, but also, I mean, you're just looking to see, how these young players fare, you know, does Cameron Dantzler look good? You just ask that question. Does he look good? I don't care about the scoreboard. I don't care about, did they win? But does Cameron Dantzler look good? Does he look like he can be a corner or, and this is the gut check. Are we going to need a corner next year to replace Cameron Dantzler? Because, you know, we'll have Booth and then probably not Peterson and a Caleb Evans. Well, unless you're trusting both of those second year players with no depth behind them. If Cam Dantzler isn't good, you need a corner. So do we need a corner next year? Do you think we need one? Like that kind of question is what you need to ask. Um, I don't know if there's like a line. It's not, you know, this many pass breakups or whatever, but it's um it's a gut check. You know, is this player playing well? Does Kirk Cousins this is this is what I think is the real sauce here. If if Kirk Cousins has out of structure third down conversions, you know, if he starts making him probably or if he starts progressing past um 
easy throws to find harder ones when the down and distance requires him to. That is, if he starts doing that, that's huge. Kind of, that's, that's bigger than anything. Um, and that's the thing I'm skeptical of seeing, but it's also something Kevin O'Connell has, has tried to get into it. Like, that's what I'm really watching for. Is Christian Derisad, is the hype good on him? You know, so it's, you're looking at individuals, almost watching these as like preseason games if you don't think that this season is going anywhere. Just a Friend asks, in the name of roster cuts, who is the most regrettable player we have let go, either to stash on practice squad or otherwise? Who is the best pickup we received off of another team's roster cuts? Hmm, that's interesting. So my brain went to Kurt Coleman. Um, Mike Remmers was also an interesting one. We cut Mike Remmers and then ended up signing him to a giant contract later. Uh, and meanwhile, in the meantime, dealing with all sorts of horrific tackle issues. Like we had the TJ Clemmings year and Jeremiah Searles and Jake Long. And Mike Remmers could have been on the Vikings for those years. Um, so that was a miss. Uh, Kurt Coleman was another one. He was a safety that was really good right when we had like Robert Blanton and like all these really horrible safeties next. It was before Sendejo really came came up. Um, and we had this terrible carousel next to Harrison Smith and we could have had Kurt Coleman and we cut him. Um, occasionally, there are a couple that are like, uh, Elijah Lee is maybe one that I would say. He was a seventh round draft pick. They tried to sneak him onto waivers and they got owned. Um, and... Somebody took him, and he's still playing. I think it was San Francisco, and he's still playing in the league. Um, that one stunk because he actually ended up being a starter. So I, I'm going to go with Elijah Lee. Got a bunch more questions. I want to make sure I get through them all. So let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's absolutely delicioso. It's covered in 100% chocolate, and it's got uh, all kinds of crazy flavors. The classics, like they're, you know, mint brownie and peanut butter chocolate, stuff like that. But they also are coming out with increasingly criminal monstrosities. Like, their their latest is cookie dough chunk puff. What? <laughs> it's insane. And that's a protein bar, not a candy bar. But... Your taste buds won't be able to tell the difference. It's got that light marshmallowy deliciousness that you've come to love with Built Puffs and then chunks of cookie dough. But it's not a sugary monster. It's 150 calories and it's chock full of 16 grams of protein because the whole thing, the magic of it is collagen, protein, and I don't know, science, wizardry, dark arts. Who cares? It's delicious. Go to Built.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5. The promo code has changed. So... Locked on 15, you get 15% off of your order. That's promo code locked on 15 for 15% off of your order at built.com. Moving on with this Twitter Tuesday mailbag. Next one comes from Cole Smith, who says, I just got my copy of the 2021 Rams Offensive Manual. Good man. I got mine shown here if I'm uh, on YouTube, but if you're listening, I have the 2021 Los Angeles Rams Complete Offensive Manual behind me. Outside of me showing off any other ones you'd recommend that have parallels to the 2022 Vikings. Um, I believe there is a San Francisco 49ers one. It's game planning with the 2021 San Francisco 49ers. Look in there for their lead plays. That might tell you a little bit about what they'll do with CJ Ham, And that's one you'll have on me. I'm actually not very familiar with that at all. So if you have that, you can school me. Um, also, the Packers. The Packers are really close. I would say that there's like three families right now of it. There's the one the Packers have. There's the McVay one and the one the, the 49ers have. I guess the Browns have one too, but we've moved away from that. That was the one we used to run. Um, the Kubiak, two tight ends, you know, that was the Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, 2019 Vikings did a lot of that. So it would be a little less useful, but if you just want to geek out, those would be all the like wide zone. They all come from the Mike Shanahan tree. 
and you can have a bunch of fun with it. Reverend Brody asks, I am fearful of having, quote, successful season hopes, but I can't help feeling this way. Can you try and vindicate my feelings for me? Okay, here's the deal. I get that I'm going to get this every week, which is like, why do we do this to ourselves? Because sports are fun. It's fun to get excited. It's fun to imagine us scoring touchdowns on our hated rival. It's a good time. And you know what? Yeah, sometimes that good time is going to slap you in the face. That has to be part of it. It's not fun if you just win all the time. That's not, then the fun isn't there if there's no stakes, right? If there's no chance at failure, it's not exciting to avoid it. So it's fun. It, when it stops being fun, then you got to re- reevaluate your relationship to sports. If you realize you're bored with this, you're just like, it's just depressing every time. Maybe it, you've got to go outside, get some fresh air. But it's because it's fun. And having successful se- season hopes is part of that fun. I don't know. That, there's nothing wrong with that. You're perfectly normal and everybody experiences this. And most people will have it slap them in the face unless they happen to be lucky enough to be one of the 32 fan bases that wins the Super Bowl this year. Squeaks asks, which game will end with the weirdest score in week one? Okay, I love this. Um, So I looked at it and it's got to be Jacksonville, Washington. Jags commanders. Um, Another honorable mention is Titans Giants. Um, But those four teams all feel like teams that have weird field goal energy and, you know, like three field goals and a safety kind of energy. Um, you're looking for offenses that won't be able to put up a lot of touchdowns. Cause when you get a weird score, a lot of times, you know, you score a lot of touchdowns and there are opportunities to do like a two point conversion to turn, you know, uh, two field goals and a touchdown that would be 13 can turn into 14 if you need them to, and you can kind of get it back. So all those offenses are like not great. Um, or, or, or are very slow. Like Titans offense is fine, but it's slow. It's a running kind of clock chew control, ball control offense. And so if you do get into a weird score with the giants, you know, and you know, it's five to 13, the Titans would run out the clock and like it, less opportunities to make up for it. So one of those two games, I think I'm going to go with uh, Jags commanders. It's just got a lot of weird energy. Gabe asks, you can give Cousins any one non-superpower attribute, like infallible knees, extra 10 yards on his deep ball, or quarter-second faster reads. What do you give him and why? Um, uh, Confidence. I give him the confidence to rip that ball the second he sees it. He hesitates sometimes. He'll see it, and he'll he'll like almost double-clutch and then go. I want to get rid of that. But you really have tempted me with infallible knees. Car Cousins has not been injured, but there's nothing... Like, everybody's got... So it's like if you could actually say, okay, Kirk Cousins' knees are made of iron and you're never like that's actually a really valuable thing, even for a guy that doesn't have an injury history. Now, if you wanted to give that kind of thing to like, you know, Sam Bradford back in 2016 and actually all of his talent was in 2017, right, when he had that really good game and then his knee, his his knee gave out. Um that would be a much more interesting, but that's really tough. Infallible knees is just a real nice thing to have. But I think I'm going to give him, we call it quarter second faster reads, but I think a better way to put it is quarter second faster decisions, more confident decisions, uh, no second guessing. Eugene McCarthy asks, how insufferable will Kirk Stans be if we put 40 on GB? Man, they can be as insufferable as they want if that happens. Yeah, if, if Kirk Cousins put hangs 40 on, currently the Green Bay defense is going in fantasy at least, which is a decent enough proxy for like national opinion. They're getting taken like second, like that defense. People think that defense is going to be good. And there's a lot of talent on that defense. If he can hang 40 on them. Oh my God. Yeah. Kirk stands go ham. Yes. You can take laps around me. You do whatever you want. If the Vikings put 40 on green Bay, 
and it's not like a game chasing and there's it's not like a weird one of those Ravens game in 2013 situations where it's, it's all just chaos. Like if you, yeah, they could be as insufferable as they want. Finally, MN hopes asks, we all know who will likely lead the Vikings in passing yards, receiving yards, rushing TDs, sacks, and INTs, but who will get second in each of those? Um, okay. Sacks and INTs. I actually don't know who will get first. Um, but I think this is a really fun place to have hot takes, right? So second in passing yards is fascinating. Who gets second in passing yards? Somebody said Nick Mullins. That's a decent enough guess, right? What if Kirk Cousins misses a game? Then you get 100 passing yards and he gets it, right? But if Kirk Cousins doesn't miss any games, then who gets it? Is it Justin Jefferson? Adam Thielen? Who is going to do the trick plays? Is it uh, Ryan Wright? <laughs> Who's going to get a, we're going to do a fake punt? Who gets that? I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. He has, I think, the jet sweep play. You, get, you do give that jet motion to Justin Jefferson a lot, though. So if you are going to do like a jet sweep pop pass type deal, um, that might be Jefferson. It's one of those two. In terms of second in receiving yards, I'm going to go hot and I'm going to say KJ Osborne. Rushing, I'm also going to go hot and I'm going to say Kenny Wongu. Um, and then touchdowns. Dalvin Cook probably leads the team in touchdowns, right? Because he'll finish off all the goal line drives. So second, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, this is my hot take. Adam Thielen will be second in touchdowns on the team. I don't know if that means Jefferson is first or Cook is first, but whoever is first there, Thielen will be second. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Thielen in first. Those are your top three. I actually don't know what order they end in, but it's interesting to think about. So tomorrow, we're going to talk defense and then... We're going to kind of do the same thing we did on Monday, but with defense. So it's going to be a lot of recap if you've been listening a lot, but we'll also talk about like how all this stuff fits and who does what and kind of understanding what the roster is going to look like. And then Thursday is crossover Thursday. We'll talk to Peter Bukowski, a locked on Packers. I will try to enrage him as I always do. That'll be fun. And then Friday we'll do our bold, bold predictions. So start thinking about them, start getting them in. I tweeted on Monday, like, Hey, start thinking about bold predictions. A bunch of you just gave me bold predictions. If you put yours in that thread, I'm not going to see it. I did not look at any of those. They're going to be lost to time. So you're going to either have to tell me again, or just, you know, take some time workshop it, take a little time, you know, figure out what you want to do for bold predictions. Let's talk about what those are, uh, later. And you can find that on Twitter, but that's always a very fun thing. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.